cultivating goodwill and warmth and friendliness toward experience, toward each other, toward our world. I love that from the beginning of this center, the word metta has been right on that um, entry, entrance. And I ask for your metta for being three minutes late. We're asking you to come on time to the sits. And I just want you to know if, um, well, if we are late, it's we're meeting with somebody and in the midst of something, it's not that we're just, you know, up in our rooms primping and looking in the mirror, something like that, and wanting to get it just right. So um, appreciate your understanding and your being on time very much. Yesterday, Gina was teaching about metta for the benefactor, the dear friend, those beings for whom it's relatively spontaneous to evoke feelings of warmth and appreciation. And we've also worked with our own selves and radiating from our own hearts uh, with Leela to others. And today, like to focus um, just a little bit on the so-called neutral person, but to give a little more attention to the difficult, partly in response to some things that have come up in, in meetings with you and that I feel would be good to address, having to do with anger and forgiveness and so forth, and some of the misunderstandings about these that arise on the spiritual path. So let's begin by offering metta to ourselves, understanding that the source of love is in our own hearts, that even when a loved one leaves us, they don't take the love away with them. It was our love that arose in the context of that being. And understanding, too, that metta is a practice that grows our capacity for love. And that as soon as we decide to grow our capacity to love, we're going to meet our problems with loving, whatever they might be. So it's not a mistake if when you sit down to cultivate goodwill and warmth and friendliness and kindness and appreciation and gratitude, you also meet all the ways in which your heart holds back, shuts down, holds out, etc. We're learning to meet even those patterns, those painful contractions of the heart with some tenderness with some understanding. So let's begin with ourselves. May I be safe and protected from inner and outer harm. May I be truly happy and deeply peaceful. May I care for myself joyfully. May I be healthy and strong. 
If that's not possible, may I be free from pain. May I accept my limitations gracefully. May I be free from troubles and worries and live with ease. May my heart be steady through the ups and downs of life. May I have the inner resources to meet each moment fully. May I love myself completely, just the way I am. And if that's way too steep, then may I accept myself completely, just as I am. And just taking a minute or two to offer whatever other phrases you wish of blessing, well wishes, prayers for your life. Choosing the phrases that resonate for you, that you most need to hear. And if you feel ready to practice with the neutral person, we call it that because these are people that really we don't know very well. We don't know them well enough to have a strong feeling of liking or disliking. And nobody's actually neutral exactly, but the people that we just don't actually care about very much or notice very much. And it's 
sometimes shocking to realize how many of them there are out there in our lives. And yet it's said in the texts that even to brush sleeves with somebody once in our lifetime is significant. It's an encounter that has some meaning. So call to mind somebody with whom you have brushed sleeves that you can remember what they look like. You know, I think for Gina, it was the dry cleaning guy, and for Leela, it was the car inspection, and I had a neutral person in a long metta retreat I did here, six weeks of day and night. So I was with her for a pretty long time. Just some lady who wore some neutral color a lot. I didn't know her. I picked her. And I offered the phrases to her wholeheartedly, sometimes mechanically, sometimes falling asleep, sometimes with my whole heart for a few days. One day I walked up that red carpet up the stairs and came around the corner. And she was coming around the corner. We brushed sleeves and I had tears of joy in my eyes to see her. It was so crazy and wonderful to love her so much and to realize that's when I knew The love is in our own hearts, not out there in the object or subject of our love. May you be safe and protected from inner and outer harm. May you be truly happy and deeply peaceful. May you be well. Healthy and strong. May you take good care of yourself and enjoy doing it. May you love your life just as it is. You may find it's a little bit trickier to 
stay with the phrases and the neutral person. There isn't the same ease of love and connection. You may find it's just a little more work or effort. It's completely worth doing. Have no doubt about that. Using the phrases that you like, we'll spend a few more minutes offering to your neutral person. If you find yourself really losing the thread, you can come back to yourself or a loved one or benefactor, dear friend. To reconnect with the feeling, with your intention
The next category is called the difficult person. Well, in the text, in the old text, it's called the enemy. And, you know, hopefully most of us don't have real enemies in our lives, but I want to talk about the difficult person in a couple ways today. The first is, well, yes, this is our challenge. Can we actually offer some goodwill to the people who are who are difficult for us? And we ask always that you do not choose the person who has abused you the most in this life to start out with. You can get to them if you keep practicing, if there is such a being. But you start with maybe somebody who annoys you at work. Somebody when you brush sleeves, you just feel a little bit of a bad vibe or, you know, something that is mild. And so that's one way we begin to develop our capacity to extend a kind of forgiveness through this metta. We forgive you for being annoying. I forgive you for being who you are, essentially. And, um, <laughs> and we do this, and you know, there's some FAQs. The first one is always, but I don't want that person to be happy. You know, they're mean, they're, they're aggravating. I don't really want them to be happy. But just think, if they were happy, they probably wouldn't behave in the ways that you find so troubling if they were really happy. So it's a good thing to wish for their happiness, as if we could magically confer that upon another. Wouldn't that be wonderful? Um, but also, the purpose of offering metta to the people who've been truly challenging for us in our lives is not that we're going to you know, just be swooning with love for them ever, but that we free our hearts from dwelling in states of aversion, that we free the heart from congealing into resentment and grudge, revenge fantasies, etc. That's, we want to really free the heart from those entanglements so that a successful experience of metta for a difficult person would look like not dwelling in aversion. It's not that it's going to be a love bath. So that's really important. And the other way that I, so that's the actual difficult person. But the other way that I find very useful in retreat is to offer metta to the difficult parts of our own being. There are many beings who inhabit our hearts. And um, I don't know if anyone has talked about the idea of the self being a kind of committee. But my friend Spencer, I remember when he was trying to stop smoking, and I would say, how's it going? You know, how's it going? And he'd say, well, some of us have stopped. <laughs> but some of us are still smoking. And we all know instantly what he meant by that, right? So, and in the Zen tradition, at the end of each retreat day, we do a bodhisattva vow. And it, the first line is, the many beings are numberless. I vow to free them all. And so we're really saying the many beings, to free them, what does that mean? To free them to be who they are without the burden of our expectation or insistence that they be some other way. And that can be the many beings in our own hearts, too. We have so many beings in our hearts. There's the rebellious one, and there's the compliant one, and the good girl, and the bad girl, and the, you know, the really obstreperous guy, and then the tender, loving one. And I mean, we have so many, so many. And so but there are some who are difficult for us to accept and to be with. So can we include those in what Chaz so beautifully called that circle without edges? Can that circle embrace these difficult parts of our own being 
and can we wish them well and can we approach the difficult parts of our own being with some well when metta meets suffering it morphs into compassion you know it turns really into compassion the line is kind of blurry between the two can we have some compassion for those difficult parts of our own being can we forgive ourselves for being who we are at times when one of our least favorite selves gets the upper hand and is in charge this happens doesn't it so this metta for the difficult person becomes a kind of forgiveness practice And I want to say just a few words about that, that to clear up any confusion. Forgiveness is not an antidote to being angry. In spiritual circles, we understand often that we're not supposed to be angry. And often spiritual groups are quite conflict averse. We're taught that anger is a destructive emotion. Anger is only a destructive emotion when it is acted out. Angry words, angry gestures, violent acts, um, passive-aggressive little digs or you know, failures to do what we're asked. I mean, there's just, you know, there's a thousand ways to act out our anger. And that's when it becomes destructive. To experience a wave of anger or a, uh, even a volcano of anger or rage that erupts in your meditation to learn how to feel that in the body, heat, heat, heart pounding, whatever it may be, tightness. To be able to name what this is, anger, rage, like everything, it will pass. It's just then a, a kind of storm that blows through, maybe very briefly. It's really important to acknowledge the difficult and not be feeling that we're unspiritual if we do. A very brief story from my own practice here at IMS. I was in a long retreat, and Joseph was my teacher in that retreat. And it was, we were doing a noting practice. And when the note that we make is attuned to what's happening, it's very healing and powerful. But it's simple naming anger, anger can be all it takes to allow that anger to pass away, sometimes just being willing to see it in the clear light of mindfulness without criticism or judgment. But I was stuck, and no note that I was using worked. And I was stuck for days, and I was a really experienced meditator, and that was puzzling to me. And I had had a very painful life experience, which Joseph knew about. And I went into my interview, and I said, Joseph, I'm, I don't know what's going on. I just am stuck on, on this, and nothing helps. And he said, Have you tried the note hate and hating? And I thought, moi? Of course not. I would never hate. I am a spiritual person. I think I was already a teacher even. And 
you know what? I went back to my cushion and it worked instantly. So we need to forgive ourselves for having these human feelings and try not to add the oppression of having to be a spiritual person onto the already difficult work of being a human being who is awake and open-hearted. So I'd like to offer a forgiveness practice which is not to be used as an antidote for anger. We want to jump over the experience of being anger because it angry because it's unpleasant. And who wouldn't rather be forgiving, right? It sounds so nice. Forgiveness. Mmm, sweet, sweet. But when we try to plaster that sweetness on top of something that's really, really sour, it doesn't work. So can we forgive ourselves for being human, for being imperfect, for making mistakes. I'm going to offer just a few minutes of this practice. And it's really just to give you something that you can then use or not. If it's helpful to you, you can use it. So. We're offering metta in the form of forgiveness to ourselves for our own raw edges and for the ways in which we may have been unkind or even betrayed ourselves. And these are the phrases. I forgive myself for being imperfect. If it feels useful, you can just repeat it innerly. I forgive myself for being imperfect. I forgive myself for making mistakes. I forgive myself for being a learner in this life. I forgive myself for being imperfect. I forgive myself for making mistakes. I forgive myself for being a learner in this life. Now, if you want, you can choose somebody who's hurt your feelings. Who's done something wrong. Again, not the worst thing ever. Some unkindness. If you feel like you're ready, you can try it out. Call this person to mind. Just see what it's like to say these phrases to this one. I forgive you for being imperfect. 
I forgive you for making mistakes. I forgive you for being a learner in this life. And again, I forgive you for being imperfect. I forgive you for making mistakes. I forgive you for being a learner in this life. And there may be someone that you actually, the difficult person within you, has uh, hurt or, you know, harmed in some way, hurt their feelings or done something unkind, said something hurtful. And so if that's the case, and we can usually find someone. And again, if it's useful to you, I just offer this as a practice you can use to call this person to mind, the one that you may have actually been unkind to in some way, and to uh, use these phrases in the following way with this one. Uh, Please forgive me for being imperfect. Forgive me for making mistakes. Please forgive me for being a learner in this life. So this is something you can use to help that difficult person inside of yourself who may sometimes get in charge and say or do the wrong thing. Just call someone to mind. Please forgive me for being imperfect. Please forgive me for making mistakes. Please forgive me for being a learner, too, in this life. So please don't be in too much of a hurry to forgive. It's the most healing thing when it's right. And you'll know because if it's premature and you're trying to skip over some painful feelings into the sweetness of forgiveness, it won't work. And that's how you'll know that you're not quite ready. It's not quite time yet. 
just time to keep offering metta. And the time will come for forgiveness. So let's take a few moments to offer metta to the difficult person internally or externally. Wherever is calling for your attention, just take a moment and see. And just in case you have, um, well, not put it in these words to yourself, what we are doing here is uh, transforming the desire to hurt, to be destructive in any way, to act out our feelings that we feel entitled to have of resentment or anger, old grudges and so forth. We are transforming the desire to, I won't say wallow in these negative emotions, but uh, to in some way engage with them that wouldn't be so healthy for us. And we're transforming that desire into metta, into forgiveness. And if not the actual experience of metta and forgiveness, into the intention to incline the heart in that direction. as an act of great tenderness and compassion. To ourselves and to all those whose lives we touch. So just very simply, calling to mind this part of yourself or this being in your life. May you be safe and protected, you too, from inner and outer harm. May you too be truly happy and dwell with a peaceful heart. May you be well, free from pain. May you take good care of yourself and receive my wishes for your care and well-being.
May you have what you need in this life. And may you too be free to love and accept yourself in all your humanness just the way you are. And just continue for a few minutes with whatever phrases feel attuned to the needs of the situation or the relationship.
So thank. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org/donate.